It's podcasting time! My name is Oyama Toshijo, and this is the Just Another Jerk podcast with dispatches from Japan. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this. If I'm not on your favorite platform for casting your pods, let me know and I'll do my best to get on that platform as well. Now, of course, my name is actually Jonathan Isaacson, but my shamisen name is Oyama Toshijo. I'm a natori in the Oyama Ryu Tsugaru Jamisen. Now, there's a lot of terms in there that need some unpacking, so let's go. Let's start with shamisen. The shamisen is a traditional Japanese instrument. It's fretless and has three strings. The sound box is relatively small. I know, I know. I keep tossing out new terms to explain other terms. At least sound box is in English. The sound box is the part of a stringed instrument where the sound made by the string resonates and is acoustically amplified. It's the curvy part of the guitar that sits against the chest of the person playing. Uh, If it's a cello, it's the part that's between the cellist's legs. The shamisen has, relative to its overall length, a fairly small sound box. The neck is fairly narrow, especially when you compare it to like how deep it is. There are no frets. Those are those little lines that guitars, bass guitars, uh, banjos, mandolins, those are all fretted instruments. If you look at the neck of those instruments, they have little lines. Those are frets. The shamisen does not have frets, so it's in that that one regard is more like the violin family of instruments. If you look at the neck of a violin, a cello, a viola, double bass, they don't have frets. And neither does the shamisen. The shamisen has three strings with variable tunings depending on the song being played. The two most common tunings are root fourth octave or root fifth octave on the three strings. And the three strings, uh, they're always played with a very large plectrum called a bachi. Now that's a really quick overview of shamisens in general, but there are several varieties with the most notable visible difference being the width of the neck. There are three widths, narrow, medium, and thick-necked shamisens. And the variety that I can play is a thick-necked shamisen called the Tsugaru shamisen, named after the Tsugaru region of Aomori in northern Japan. The Tsugaru shamisen, which is often pronounced Tsugaru jamisen, which is what I'll probably say, is most, it's probably the most well-known variety of shamisen in part because it tends to lend itself to a more showy, kind of virtuosic, virtu- virtuos- virtuosic, there we go, style of playing. Traditional Japanese folk songs, better known as minyo um, in, in Japanese, especially the ones from northern Japan, are often accompanied by tsugaru jamisen. But there are also a number of well-known shamisen solo pieces. And kind of interesting... Uh, aspect of Tsugaru Jamisen is that the music is not notated in any way, usually. Other types of Shamisen music are usually written out, so it's not as though there's no way to write Shamisen music, it's just that Tsugaru Jamisen tends to not write it down. A few schools of Tsugaru Jamisen do, in fact, use notations. They look not unlike guitar tablature, so they're not written on a treble or bass clef or anything, but they're on three lines, 
indicating the string and then the position on the neck you need to place your finger. And the, ora, o, the Oyamaryu, the style I learned, is one of those schools of Tsugaru Jamisen that does use notation, so I have a lot of Jamisen sheet music. But like I say, it's usually not notated. So there's a lot of variation in how people play the various songs on the Tsugaru Jamisen. And that's actually an important aspect of this music. It should have some personal variations. As you get better and more proficient at playing, you start inventing and embellishing your own variations and kind of little shifts and ways to do little flourishes. So in that respect, it's a little bit, I mean, just a tiny little bit like jazz. There's a lot more I could probably say about the shamisen in general and Sugata Jamisen in particular, but that's really probably getting into the weeds a bit too much, and I've already delved pretty far into the weeds as it is. So let's talk about the whole Oyamaru bit of the earlier Japanese word salad. So with the Tsugaru Jamisen, as with many, I mean, I'd probably guess that most traditional Japanese arts and skills, there are different schools of the art or skill. Now, these are the ryu. So in my case, I learned Oyamaru Shamisen, the, the Oyama school of Tsugaru Shamisen. It's like a line of succession or a master-apprentice relationship. So the man who started the line of shamisen I'm a member of had the family name Oyama. And thus, the line or school is called the Oyama-ryu. Once you get good enough at playing, you can take a test to become a natori, which translates as name-taker. If you pass the test, you get a name you can use when you perform on the shamisen. The test itself is, of course, a performance test. You go in, perform a couple of songs. One is set, so everyone trying to get their names within the school, within this line, plays the same song. And then you have a choice of another song that you feel confident in playing. If you pass, which obviously I did, you get a name. Typically, the way it works is that your, ner that your new surname is the family name of the founder of the school. So for me, Oyama. And then you are, uh, you get a given name. Your given name is a, usually a combination of your teacher's name, well, I should say his or her shamisen name, and your actual factual given name. If you're Japanese and your name is already in kanji, the, the characters, it's very simple. You take the second character from your teacher's shamisen name, plus the first character from your given name, your actual given name, and that's your shamisen name. It makes it really easy to figure out kind of where you fit into the family tree of the school. Of course, I don't have a kanji name, so I had a little more freedom. I got to pick any kanji I wanted for the second character of my, uh, my, my shamisen given name, so the last character in the whole uh, name. So, I tried to pick something that sort of kind of made sense with my actual given name, Jonathan. So, to break it down, so my full shamisen name, Oyama Toshijo. So, Oyama is the line or school of shamisen. That's the, he's the man who started the whole this, this particular stream. My teacher's shamisen given name is Mitsutoshi. 
the Mitsu is his teacher's name, and Toshi is from his actual given name. So Toshi in Toshijo, that's from so Toshi's from my teacher, and Jo, because that's kind of the closest I could get with kanji that made some kind of sense, that also fit with my actual name, with Jonathan. It's kind of convoluted, but once you understand it, it's kind of a cool system. You can really place very quickly. You just see someone's name, you know where they fit in the in the into the, the family tree. And if you keep going and get even better and want to take another test, you can take the Shihan test. This is the test to become a teacher of Shamisen within your school of playing. I haven't made it to this step yet. In fact, since I've moved to Sendai, I've kind of taken a little break from playing, though I really do want to start playing again. To be honest, I was getting a little bit burned out from all the stuff I'd been doing the previous four years, five, four years, yeah. I got tired of doing the various performances and recitals and the like. Some of them can go on, like, all day. And I'm not joking. Like, they start at, like, 10 in the morning, go to, like, 3 or 4 in the afternoon. It was just, eh. it's tiring sometimes. Like I said, I want to play again, but now I just want to do it for myself. I don't need to perform for anyone. I don't want to go do these big marathon recitals. It's just too much. So And there's another reason, too, that I haven't really been playing since I moved to Sendai, and that's because there are no Odama Yu teachers in Sendai. There's no one in my particular stream, my, my, my school, my line, my stream of Shamisen in this area. I mean, of course, there's nothing really stopping someone from finding a teacher outside of their Yu, their, their school, but that means there will be a lot of relearning familiar songs played in different ways because each school has their own way to play the same songs. It's not a huge deal, really, but it would make it easier to start up again if I had someone who was teaching the same versions of the song that I already knew. And on, I also haven't really been able to find much at all in the way of teachers of Tsugaru Jamisen in Sendai. I'm sure there's probably some, but they're not really easy to find. And living apartment in the, you know, the whole apartment life, it doesn't make things easier. We're not actually supposed to play instruments in the apartment, but our landlord said it's not really a hard and fast rule. And so, especially I, I can play my shamisen without make, making a lot of noise. I have special equipment that really makes it almost inaudible outside the same room you're in. So, yeah. That's what I mean by I am Oyama Toshijo, Natori of Oyama Ryu Tsugaru Shamisen. That's what that whole word salad means. And it's not just Shamisen that kind of has this family tree master apprentice testing structure thing in place. The majority of traditional arts and skills in Japan use a very similar system, I think. Beyond that, though, even much more modern skills, crafts, hobbies, and things like that use elements of it. In particular, the the idea of testing to become a so you can become certified to do something, especially be a teacher, is very common. So with Chamisen, that's that second test, the Shihan test I talked about. I mean, I, I suppose you could probably start teaching Chamisen on your own if you got really good at it, even if you'd never taken the test. 
kind of a shamisen ronin. Look it up, what a ronin actually is. And I imagine you'd probably raise a few hackles doing so within the shamisen community, but I don't think there'd really be any consequences if you tried to start your own, you know, shamisen studio. But I don't know. But yeah, I mean, Japan loves these kind of certifications, these qualifications. Want to be a barista? There's a certification for that. You like decorating porcelain dishes with kiln-fired decals? And you want to teach other people how to do it? There's a certification for that. For, it's called porcelain arts. I mean, I get it. Some skills and hobbies, you probably want the teachers to have certifications. I mean, barber, hairstylist, that kind of, like, those kind of jobs. Yeah, I get it. Surfing, snowboarding... I mean, if you're going to do it on a largish scale, yeah, that's probably a good idea. You know, have someone say, this person knows what they're doing and is qualified to teach someone a potentially dangerous skill. That's a good idea. But teaching other people how to decorate porcelain dishes? I mean, it doesn't really seem like the kind of thing that a certification is truly needed for. I mean, wouldn't word of mouth, that, that seems like that would be sufficient. I mean, making ca coffee. I mean, if you're doing it in a cafe, I understand the need for, you know, health safety certifications. Are you, know, are you keeping the tools of the trade clean and sanitary? You know, if it's a store, are there health code violations? That kind of stuff, that makes sense. But you don't really need to be certified to learn how to make a good cup of joe and then teach other people. You can learn that more informally and teach others informally how to make the best coffee, right? I mean, that's the way it seems to me. But again, maybe that's just me. But, you know, that's just kind of the way things work here. I guess it's, it's, it's also tied, I think, to Japan's love of pointing out all the awards that various foods win. The big one, of course, is the Monde Selection, based in Belgium. And I'll bet many of you have never, ever heard of this award. I hadn't until I moved here. But you'll see it on foods and beverages. You know, they're touting the Monde Selection gold medals and the like. Japan loves to have these things certified as being good. Or and there's the Good Design Award for like consumer products, like uh, everything really, from tools to desks and things. They have the Good Design Award, even to houses. So many products in Japan, they tout their selection as this, that, or the third. And I think these two things are connected, right? The certification to be a teacher or whatever skill it is, and the selection of high-quality products. Both are this third party saying that this product, this service, this person is up to a high-quality standard. And it's kind of a reassurance, maybe. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest, it's something that I don't completely understand but then again i'm sure there are plenty of japanese people who don't really understand it either why do we have to have all these certifications and these awards today this is the best coffee this is the best you know sausage i mean and it's also like i it's not that i understand everything in american culture some things will probably remain a mystery to me because after all i'm just another jerk with a podcast so that's all for today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review, share, 
you know, steal your friend's phone or computer, download and subscribe for them, and give it back to them. You know, whatever you can do to help the podcast out. You can find the Twitter for this podcast at JustAnotherCast, and you can email questions, comments, suggestions, whatevers to JustAnotherJerkPodcast at gmail.com. And so on that note, I'm out. Peace.